Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, AKA the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a long awaited review here on the Michelle Mission, but it wasn't brought to, to the mission by Vince or myself. Tonight, we are reviewing from 2021, Netflix's The Harder They Fall. Fantastic Western by Jesse Samuels, featuring Idris Elba, Lakeith Stanfield, Regina King, Lord. Zazzy Beats, um, Delroy Lindo, mm-hmm. uh, De- Danielle Detweiler, mm-hmm. uh, like RJ, so many people in uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Should I mentioned uh, him. I should mention the star. Yeah. I should mention the star. Mm hmm. Um, in the harder they fall, but this was not our selection. This selection was brought to the to the mission tonight by our very special guest, mm-hmm. who will be joining us mm-hmm. for the review. It will be from Nashville's own The Scenario Radio Show, mm-hmm. Van Everett and Dana Dane. Yes, here yes. live on the Michelle Mission. They're going to be joining us for the review. I say the Nashville Scenario Radio Show, but it's syndicated. Absolutely. They're worldwide. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're our special guests and also our good friends. They're very good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very good. We go friends. way back with the Scenario. We do. Yeah, so. we do. The Scenario Radio Show is very popular. Yeah, well, it should be. Yeah, because some because be. I actually like posted. Like our little promo, mm-hmm. you know, saying that they were going to be on, mm-hmm. and somebody like, like dipped into our DMs. Was like, oh, Van's back on the show. I Van's was like, back on the show. Like, yes, Van's back on the show. Van's back on the show. I think they're only watching because Van's going to be on the show. Just sitting, they just sit on the wall and wait for Van. To wait for Van. That's right. Well, there you go. Well, tonight is the night. Nice tonight's the night, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Just for you. Just for you. Van's back. The Velvet Fog himself. <laughs> Vincent. Yes. You hate when I do this, but it was too good to pass up. Yes, and that would be. <laughs> you You brought up I, that I had not seen Talladega Nights. We are not going to eat up time <laughs> on here with Talladega Nights. We have so much to do tonight. But I have come up. You you challenged me. Yes. Because while I did enjoy Talladega right. Nights, I have seen right. it. But, but in I true fashion, it. you were being a hater. I wasn't being a hater. You were 100% <laughs> being a hater. You were very on brand. Where people say they like something and like a, a, a sort of group says that they like something that you haven't seen and then you go and see it and you go into it like, I don't even know what the, let's see what the big deal is. And then when you finish, you go, as you did in front of witnesses, you said it was all right. I did. Is that it. not a direct quote? That was my my direct quote about okay. Talladega Nights was so that it was all right. Don't change it up now. I didn't say it wasn't good. No, you said it was all right. I said it was all right. All right. Okay. So go ahead. And then you challenged me to name three comedies made in the 21st century yes. that were better than Talladega Nights. And you said Black Dynamite. I said Black which Dynamite. I agreed with. And then you you submit. You said something else. I'm not even going to disparage <laughs> other movies, but you just talking to you like you just naming things then you said anchorman which i agree with 
Yes, I said Anchorman. Although I gave you, I said Anchorman is basically the King Lear of Will Ferrell movies. I have to remember like the timeline. And then you said Tropic Thunder, which I just disagree with you because I think it's a very uneven film. Okay, but that's fine if you agree with that. Okay. But in my, to me, right, and, and I, think- I don't believe you. That's the other thing. <laughs> Not only do I disagree, I don't believe you think Tropic Thunder is better than Anchorman. I, no, I'm not saying it's better than Anchorman. It's better than Talladega Nights. I don't believe you. I don't believe you think that. I do. I do. I, I, I don't believe you. And I'm going to tell you to your face. I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm I mean, sorry. You I, say I laugh out loud at Tropic Thunder every time I see Give me a quote from Tropic Thunder. Uh, mm-hmm. You cut like a Julian Fries. Give me that mat. That's Robert Downey Jr. He's stashing the mat from Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Okay. I re- rewind that scene a thousand times. Okay. All right. And then I love Jack Black. He 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 skits in and like they got him tied down because he can't take the drugs. And he's yes, like, it's a know, great scene. He's like, I'm like, suck it. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Tropic Thunder. Okay. And I think it's better than Talladega I, Nights. I don't believe you think that, but okay. I do. All right. Can, can we move on? Maybe talk about some black movies. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. Why are you having a seizure? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody even knows what you're talking about. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> there was a story actually in the news. Believe it or not, a sports story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it. Van Everett is losing his, his lunch over here. Like, laughing at Speaking of big black guys. <laughs> is that your segue? <laughs> speaking, speaking, of, speaking of huge Negroes. Yes. There was a yes. story in the news. Yes. That you wanted to bring up. Surprisingly, yes, a sports story. I did. But it's not really a sports story. Because no one knows Michael or her from his football career. That's very true. Everyone knows Michael or her as the subject of the film The Blind Side. Starring Sandra Bullock, right? Yes. Right. Which from the moment, it's so funny, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about maybe having a month of hate watch films. Yes. yes. And, you know, I said it was a shame that we had seen Driving Miss Daisy already. And what was the other one that we watched that I absolutely. That you hate? Oh, yeah. I mean, we watched one of them dumbass movies with white people saving black people. The Help? We, we actually have not done the help. We've done the help. So we, it wasn't the help? It wasn't the help. Anyway. Anyway. I hate the blind side. And I've hated it from the moment. From the moment I saw the first note about the blind side, I hated it. Mainly because I knew it was off. And if you followed the blind side over the years. Have you seen it? I've never seen the movie. There are details in the movie that from the beginning Michael or her has talked about weren't true. Okay. You know, you know, uh, uh, details like 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 he didn't know what a bed was and, you know, just all this old kind of nonsense. OK. Right. Uh, you know the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, big black dude mm-hmm. and, and he's living with some big savage people. And then these night, nice white people come adopt him. Yes. And teach him about being civilized. And then he becomes a football player. Right. Well, apparently. Everyone, the story has always been. And as far as he knew, he was adopted. By the, the by this right. family, right? According to Michael or her, he was not adopted. Mm. He was actually placed under conservatorship. Okay, which I'm not a legal titian. 
Mm -hmm. but it's different than adoption. And he is alleging that he has been cheated out of money Mm -hmm. and he's been lied to since this happened. And he is, you know, pursuing legal pursuits, but I just like anything that sullies the name of the blind side because it was a terrible phenomenon and a terrible film and people should be ashamed of liking it and they should be more ashamed now. Now, he was placed in conservatorship as opposed to being adopted. What exactly is the difference? I don't know. Okay. Because I'm not a legal titian. Okay. But or a lawyer. Okay. Um, but... The only time I heard of conservatorship before, like in like pop culture, sure, it had to do with Britney Spears. Yeah, and I think like uh, was she, but she had parents. She had actual parents. So I don't right. know how that conservatorship plays a part in, in that. But I don't know. So I, I've, I've seen the headlines about right, this. Right. I didn't read into it. The important part is that Michael Hur is saying these people were lying, and they weren't the kindly Christian. Southern gentility folks. So he's saying not only were they, was he not adopted, the depiction of them is totally false as well. Well, he has always, if you've paid attention, been a little ambivalent about the depiction in the film. Okay. Because knowing some things, you know, they massage a little bit. Right, right. According to him over the years, he has talked about how things were massaged. Mm -hmm. But these are all new allegations when he's talking about the money. Okay. That people have made mm. off of this story. Mm. Okay. So, all right. All right. So it'll be interesting to, to see how this all plays out. Yes. Yes. Well, you'll have to be our reporter on this. I will be the blindside reporter. Yes. Right. Uh, come in with an update. Right. Right. I, I think the, um, the vast majority of my reporting will me, will be me saying, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it over and over again. So maybe we can loot me saying, I knew it. Okay. All right. But hopefully you'll come in with a- Right, just more. A couple more Maybe we can play the, the theme from different strokes and get me really angry. Like just all of it. Just just, just that, that pure, hot, white flame of hatred that I have for these things. Kept me from watching This Is Us with Sterling Brown the entire time it was on. Why? Why did that? Because it was, I was just serious, different strokes. Like they went and adopted this little black baby and then they raised them and, and the, 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 the black people don't take care of their kids. And Ooh. we got to adopt the little black Because people love This Is Us. I know they do. People like like kneel at the altar of that show. Apparently it was very good. I could not get over the hump. Couldn't, couldn't make it I over I could the not hump. get over the hump. Of that being part of the plot. Okay. So just to be fair, your youth is what allows you to take in different strokes. Like you couldn't return to different strokes. No, no. Except for the fact that it's like an utter, it's a complete freak show. It is. very. Like when you look at different strokes now, it's like, this is a complete freak show. Yes. So I am, you know, quietly fascinated by different strokes. Ah, uh, because it's a freak show. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so it's like so it's like going to the zoo. It, it is, or the actual freak show. <laughs> okay, well, it's like you'll turn it on, and aren't you? You know, Gary Coleman is in the man's lap, but he's like fourteen, and it's like this is really weird. And then you know, you're trying to figure out 
if Willis or Kimberly are high and it's, you know, and then, then like Mr. T shows up. What was going on in the eighties? I don't know. Right. All right. Well, well, uh, Nancy Reagan showed up on Was she on the Mr. T episode? No, did she? Did Nancy Reagan show up on Different Strokes? She may have. She may have because that sounds about right. I seem to right. see her like right. teetering right. in there with right. her bobblehead. Right. right, right. And then, of course, the bicycle shop episode. Oh, see, see. Like it was a lot going it's on. A lot. It's a lot. Right. It's a lot. Yeah, so. All right. All right. All right. Um, Dudley said, I feel woozy. Right. Arnold left him there. <laughs> All right. I'm just. <laughs> Can we move on? Hey, busted in Dully said, I feel woozy. We're going to move on, okay. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're going to move on. Yeah, no shirt on. It's like, are kids supposed to be watching this? For our younger missionaries, this is 100% something that happened. Like I'm not making, like I'm not being dramatic at all. Dudley said, "I feel woozy." I feel woozy. He touches his head like because he was giving a one, and I was like, "Oh, think I need an adult in here." Yes, yes, it was a very special. It was. Anyway, Conrad Bean was turning red. (laughs) Dare you? It is time. And you remember like the first season periodically, like black relatives used to show up. How the boys? Hey, the boys. I'm here for the boys. But like, you know. And then they would see where the boys are living. Right, right. And they want their right, cut. Right, exactly. Like, like, cut. like all their relatives were just criminals and shady. And they go and like ask Miss Garrett for advice and oh Arnold, these are still your relatives. And all right, I'm sorry, go ahead. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. from the missionaries ladies and gentlemen number one vincent we have an email from april mcfadden hey what's up april um she says i'm back with more thoughts okay so basically i'm listening to all the reviews of film that i've seen multiple times or recently okay fair cadillac records yeah yeah recently yeah yeah us yeah multiple times i know that's right for us I thought the Hands Across America was in the epilogue because the tethered and red jumpsuits are holding hands as you zoom out and and during the final seconds. I thought the tethered Adelaide red was inspired to come up with the plan inspired by the shirt. And that was the end of the plan. I don't know. The origin story falls apart. And that is the most interesting part of horror. Although I'm terrified of the genre and rather just read the plot and would rather just read the plot on the internet. I'm glad it's more than a a thriller. Mm -hmm. I was still confused on where did they originate and how are they sustained? 
Yeah, look, I think. I mean, yeah, that's one of those. I, I think that questions. was one of the plot holes, like the logistics of right the tethered. Yeah, when you start to think about it, right? It, like you got the sense that Jordan Peele was so enamored with the idea that he didn't think through all of the logistics. I got the sense that they were just eating the rabbits. Like at one point, Red says that. Mm. That, you know, you had cooked food and we had to eat the, the raw meat of the rabbits. But even that. Yeah. You know, because they had the clothes that matched and. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. But but there's a lot of movies. Sure. That if you pull on the strings sure. enough. Sure. They, it starts to unravel. Sure. But that's where a skillful um, director or creative will kind of like hide things and you just get lost in it. Right. I, I think, I, I think sort of the, the good problem that Jordan Peele had already, even with the second film is that after get out, people put us under a microscope mm-hmm. as a testament to how much we respected him as a filmmaker. Yeah. So that certain things that other filmmakers would have been able to get away with, like, well, what were they eating the whole time? Yeah. With yeah. Jordan Peele, you kind of pay that much attention to it. Right. Which, you know, I have to say, something like they killed Tyrone. Cloned. Cl- I'm sorry, they cloned Tyrone. Does it so much better. Like, you got the sense that he knew that people were going to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And each time you watch it, you can see points where he's like, yeah, I knew you were going to look for this. Okay. So here it is. I, I, I have still have yet to see the film. You going to watch, you know what? You're going to watch it. You're going to say it was all right. <laughs> no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, it's right there on your television. Like, I know you, you watch it whenever you want. It's, I know you aren't talking. <laughs> As many times before we turn on the cameras, hey, Ben, have you? No. I'm saying, I'm yeah, saying I, the most important little cultural thing that's happened in Black America in the past year. Really? What's more important than the clone Tyrone that has brought us together as a community? What happened down in Alabama? Yes, I mean a, 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 a and then what happened in Mississippi? I mean the art, like arts, music. Well, there was art down film. in Alabama. <laughs> that was artistic, yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. We mm. saw that in real time. Mm-hmm. We all came together on that one, brother. I'm going to continue with Please emails. Uh, thank you, thank you, April. We, yeah, thanks, April. We have an email from Michael Sykes. Hey, what's up, Michael? Uh, Sweetback, sad ass song. Oh, hello, Len and Vincent. This is Michael Sykes. I saw the movie Sweetback Badass Song two times, and that was enough to say this. Okay, I believe people are giving this sad ass song movie a a break Mm. simply because it's the first of its kind. But some people fail to realize this is trash and child porn. Oh, Mr. Webb. Yeah, that's me. I was about to say you found a. You I agree a with you. I stand with you on how horrible this garbage is. Oh my goodness! You said he quotes me. I see. The only positive thing about this movie is it gave Earth, Wind, and Fire a break. 
This movie didn't even do that. It didn't even give them a push. It gave them a little nudge. Earth, Wind & Fire didn't have a big break until their 1973 platinum album, Head to the Sky, which had hits like Evil and the name of their self-titled album. Mr. M Mr. Webb caught... I know, I know, because you're in the right. I'm going to repeat that. Please do. Mr. Webb yes. called Melvin on his BS, and I agree. This movie questions me about what the hell was Melvin thinking about putting his kid, son, Mario, in a child porn scene, which in today's society wouldn't fly. It also questions Melvin as a father. Why would he do that? <laughs> I felt so dirty watching it the first time. The second time I had to skip that scene. Mm -hmm. That scene was some pedophile-ish right there. Mm -hmm. Mr. Webb, out of these two movies, which one would you watch again? Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song or Posse? Mm. I do like Melvin's other two films, Don't Play As Cheap and The Watermelon Man, way better than this piece of ish. <laughs> I'll give, give Melvin his respect. He created a new genre, which I adore, but I don't adore that ish. Well, to answer your question, I would watch Posse 10 times in a row and then watch it 10 times in a row backwards mm. before I ever, ever watch Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song again. P.S. Mr. Williams. Oh, no. Now I'm in it. Oh, this is uh, he asking this question again. This this is a question. Oh, he, he, um, remember when you gave your top five Isley Brother albums? Yes, and I couldn't really do it. Couldn't really do it. Yeah, he said. He said since you didn't mention it last week, his are three plus three. The heat is on. Go all the way. Live it up and show it. Okay, excellent. It's a good list. That's a good list, and that is a great email. Yes, yes. That is my favorite email. Uh, look, man. It's good to find like minds. You just want to end the show now? I'm just going to sit here and be, <laughs> be right for a minute. Just be right. All right. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Appreciate Michael. You. Thank you for the email. All right. All right. Top five. Who's your top five? Taking a cue from one of my favorite animated shows okay. of all time. Okay. The Adventures of Rocky and Okay. All right. Which, if anybody's ever watched any episode of Rocky and Bull, they always try something. Mm-hmm. It goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they try it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. Absolutely. Till you get it done. All right. All right? All right. So... So, so tonight, here we go. Once again, once again, we are presenting mm -hmm. top five bingo. Top five bingo once this, again. Now, I realized what went wrong last time. Oh, did you? Yes. Top five bingo, ladies and gentlemen. What'd you say? You did an autopsy? I did an autopsy. Anatomy over murder? Yes, I did. I did. I CSI this bad boy. 
I figured out what went wrong. Okay. Okay. Top five bingo for those who are first time playing. <laughs> this is where. This mm -hmm. is where I, and, and it works when we have like an ensemble movie, like the harder they fall. Sure. Sure. And we look at the different filmographies of the top five stars okay. in the film, in the movie. And we pick films that basically spell out with the first initial bingo. Okay. And Vincent has to try and match yes. the movie that I have selected right, right, right. from the select well, the movie filmographies. Out of five separate filmographies that begin with a specific letter. Yes. Uh, correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Now, yeah. the idea is that for every one that he matches, a prize is awarded to the fifth person who has chimed in on our chat line. Did we, did we mail those other DVDs out? Camelia Willow has not emailed us her address. All right, Camelia. So we are sitting on her We're five We're sitting films. on her five, okay. But to be fair, we have five new DVDs. Okay, and we're going to send those. All right, well, let's play the game. We're going to send them out. Now, but I realized what went wrong. Okay, what went wrong? What went wrong is that we played top five bingo. Okay. And while and that was based off of Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars. Sure, sure. But that really was the only, outside of the name of that film, mm -hmm. that is really the only connection that bingo has to black films. Yes. So- I have changed it mm -hmm. and it is not top five bingo. Mm -hmm. We're playing top five Django. Top five Django. And then that's a cowboy movie. It's a cowboy movie. It's a Western. And then fits. All right. Well, well, let's go. Who we got? Lynn? Now, do you want to see the films that people are going to be playing for? No, I don't. Let's just, you go don't? Ahead. let's just play the game. It's, it's going to be. Okay. Well, we have to find out who we're playing for. So Dylan right. is going Dylan to is see. Just... Miss Makiba, Miss Makiba, these could be your these films. You could don't be want to see what she can I win. I don't. Let's just play the game, Vincent. Let's just play the game. Oh, that's no fun. All right. Well, we'll we will show you at the end of the game, Miss yes, Makiba, exactly yes. what you have won. Right, right. What you have won. But we're playing top five Django. Top five Django. We're going to be spelling out Django. Django. Mm -hmm. And number one. Yes, number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is D. D. The letter D. From the filmography of Jonathan Majors. A D film from the filmography of Jonathan Majors. And to be fair, most of these films are fairly recent films. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Why are you looking at the time? D film with Jonathan Majors. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Besides the last mm -hmm. black man in San Francisco and Creed 3 and Ant Man and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, else is, what else has he been in? That's a film. It's been quite a few. It's, it's been quite a few. It's been enough. It's been enough. It did. Yeah, I can't. You, you taking a pass? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the film that I chose yes, was. from 2022 uh -huh. is Devotion, which is a World War II film. But the film that I thought you were going to choose, that we reviewed, is The Five Bloods. 
Oh, right. That does start with it, right? That starts with it's a D. A duh. Duh. It starts with a D, it not does. a duh. All right. <laughs> it starts with a D. All right. What's J? All right. All right. Okay. All right. We're off and running. J. J in whose filmography? The, from the filmography of Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. This is with a J. With a J. Begins with a J. And Lakeith Stanfield is in the movie. That He's in the movie. He is a star of the movie. The star of the movie. Well, he's he's a star he's of the movie. He's a star of the uh-oh. But but I'm I'm not going to like he's not the it's first not name. The first name. But he may I think he is the second is name. Is he the second name? Yes. Who's the first name? I thought you, that would give it away. Would it? Honestly, it would. Do you want me I'll give you do you want me to give you this This is about to punch me. That's just <laughs> like like we've got a game. Like we got a whole ass game. We got a whole ass game we do. I know. And now you just pull like we're playing Calvin Ball. Go uh, what what's the what what's that? He's not the he's the second name and start with J and it's what? Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. All right. That does start with the J. Yes, and we've reviewed it. No, we haven't. Okay. Well, okay. You well, can't even keep up with what we've reviewed. It's, it's 300 movies. Yes. And I know we've seen it. All right. What's what's next? Next is A. I just found out we were doing this 30 seconds before the episode, y'all. All right, who's who's A and who's who's an filmography? A film who's that filmography? From the filmography of Regina King. Regina King in an A. In an A film. Come on, Vincent. Come on. Come on. You could do it. Regina King. It's a movie that we reviewed. I know we reviewed it. Come on. With Regina King in yes. it? Yes. Yes. It begins with an A. With an A with Regina with King? Because the only Regina King you films. That we've done, we we've done. If Bill Street could talk, I'm giving you a and clue. We've done Friday. It begins with an A. You, I'm I'm giving you the biggest clue I can give you. That it begins with an A. Yes. Regina King. She's not in Akila and the B. It begins with an A. What 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 what? <laughs> It begins with an A. Get, get, come on, five. If you say it begins with an A one more time, I'm going to knock all this shit over. <laughs> say it begins with an A one more time. I dare you. Well, no, because these are expensive. I'm, d- d- don't say it again. Okay. What is it? A thin line between love and hate. I was giving you the clue. Now, now, you know, when you alphabetize things, you actually don't include the article as what it begins with well look like I, like it's I know, actually I know. filed under thin i know i know so but but i had to yeah right you had to kind of go ahead all right come on are we through is it through is it finished we've got three more <laughs> n it's from the biography of sassy piece it's from 2020 right and somehow it's not Joker. It stars or Daddy Beats or 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 the 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 Bullet Train. It stars Zazzy Beats, Winston Duke, Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, and Bill Skarsgård. Quite a cast. Mm-hmm. Is this a film you've seen? No. Is this a film that you heard of before you had to look it up for this? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Come on. 
Come on, man. We got guests. It's called it's called Nine Days. Yeah, uh huh. Right, you're right. From right. 2020. Sure, sure, sure. Sounds like a very interesting film. Right, right. That's the one where he plays like the angel or something. Exactly. Right. See? No, don't say exactly. It's a Winston Duke film. No one knew that Zazzy Beats was in it until this She's exact a second sec- name. What's next? G. Mm-hmm. Who's the filmography? Uh, Delroy Lindo. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Excuse me. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba starts with G. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this an Idris Elba film? Or is he just in it? He's in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Come on, hurry it's from, from, from 2011. Miss McKee, we're going to send you all of this. It's from 2011. Uh-huh, sure. It's called Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. Spirit of Vengeance. He was in the second he Ghost Rider. He was in the sequel sure. to Ghost Rider starring Nicolas let's, Cage. Let, come on. Yes. And now you're doing good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> last one. Yeah, this is totally not the part of the show that people are going to fast forward. Go ahead. The, the last one is O. Mm-hmm. This is from the filmography of Delroy Lynn. This one, mm-hmm. now this one is is, is 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 an older film. It's from 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that stars uh, Delroy Lindo along mm-hmm. with Jet Li mm-hmm. and Carla uh, Gugino. Since we're doing things in real time, can we agree that we're never doing this again? I mean, can we agree? It, 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 we agree that we're never doing this again. Okay. Do All we right. agree? Okay. Okay, so this is a verbal contract that we have witnesses. We will never play top five Django again. Or bingo. We'll never play or, top or, five bingo again. You're just any, just, you just, just, just you, like, it's, it's like, I'd say it all the time. I mean, if we're going to be talking in real time, <laughs> I say it all the time. We have a good thing going. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It is like, and Lynn always want to add some oregano or some bullshit to it. Like, it's always we got a good thing. And listen, you know what we should do? We should stand on our heads and do it. Like, Lynn, why? Like, we've been doing this for years. Like, people seem to enjoy what we're doing. It works. Liz, like, you know what would be interesting if we did it in Haku? No. I've never said anything. But these ideas are similar. What's the last, what's the old movie that, that, um, that you you, you give up? yeah, Yeah, I give, yeah, that's it. I give up. It is from 2001. Uh-huh. The One. Yes. Who who could forget The One? Starring Jet Li. Yes. It's a good movie. And 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 who's in it? Delroy Lindo. And Delroy Lindo is in it and he plays He's in it. Did you know he was in it before you put all this together? Had you heard of this movie? I've heard of the movie. You've heard yes. of the movie. Yes, I've heard of the movie. Right. It's Jet Li, it's kung fu movie. I've heard of and it. certainly when you think martial arts, you think of Delroy Linda. You think Delroy Linda. Yes. Absolutely. And this has been the top five. Now we'll move on to six degrees. Well, I got to show Miss Bikiba what she's won. Do you? Yes. How long is this going to take? It'll take two minutes. You just say that, like, don't. Well, I don't know them by heart. And they're impressive. They're impressive. You'll be impressed by this. This part will impress you. Okay. For, for Vincent's. You know, troubles, ladies and gentlemen. This is what Miss McKeever has won. Yes. She has won a copy of Roots, The Next Generation. That's good. 
That's good, right? Can't beat the price. The first season of Underground on DVD. Okay, all right. All right. There you go. The first season of The Chappelle Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On DVD. The first three seasons of Power. Oh, my goodness. On DVD. So much 50 Cent produced work. And The People versus O.J. Simpson on DVD. On DVD. All this is going to be for Miss Makiba. Yes. All you have to do is just email us your address, Miss Makiba, at michellemission at gmail.com. All right. This will be on its way for you. Thank you for playing Top five Django. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Moving on. Moving on. It is now time for Six Degrees of Derville Martin. All right. That's the key. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent a, a actor and he connects them in six movies or less to that 70s lawman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Derville Martin. The original Black Cowboy. The original Bass Reeves. Vincent. Yes, sir. We are going to be in theme. Okay. And I have chosen... Two actors, okay, very famous for starring in predominantly westerns. Okay, excellent. Who we got? Number one. Number one. All right, who we got? In six movies or less. Six movies or less. Connect Derville Martin. Derville Martin. To Chief Dan George. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. I'm showing you his, his face. You know the face now. You know the you know the the gentleman. Right, right, right. He he was he in Buck and the Preacher? Like I'm just thinking of of films where Native Americans would have had speaking roles. He was not in Buck and the Preacher. He was not in Buck and the Preacher. Um, but he he is a an actor who shows up big time in like the the seventies and into probably like the early eighties in in films, in westerns. Is he in Silverado? He is not in Silverado. He is in one of the great westerns from 1976. He outlawed Josie Whale. Oh, so with with Clint Eastwood? Yes. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go to that then. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm going to get to that would be... Derville Martin. Okay, we 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 can we can we can move around a little bit. Because Derville Martin is in. How do I want to get to Clint Eastwood? You're trying to go a, a, like a different way than usual. I mean, you know, I, I we'll keep it we'll keep it in, on the western side. Okay. You yeah, know, you can do that. Yeah, because you know, Derville Martin is, of course, in Five on the Black Hand side with Dick Anthony Williams, who is in Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, 
who is in glory with Morgan Freeman, who is in Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, who is in the outlaw Josie Wales with, and I don't want to mispronounce Chief Dan Do- George. Chief Dan George. Very good. So, what was he in the 70s? Because, like you said, he is a face. Well, that's 1976, but he's also in Little Big Man. Okay. Remember that movie with yeah, uh, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. He's in, um, I don't know if you ever, did you ever see Harry and Tonto? No. With Art Carney? Mm-mm. That's a good movie. He was in that. Uh, the Outlaw Josie Wales, uh, Shadow of the Hawk. Um, and then actually, he doesn't even make it to the 80s. Right. His right. last movie is in, the, in 1980, Nothing Personal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame he wasn't bigger. Like bigger Like stature. a bigger star. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a shame they didn't, you, you know, have films from the perspective mm-hmm. of native peoples. Yeah. Very, so, very okay. much Okay. All right. But That's a man, good. He, he made his mark though. Yeah. And he's like great. you said, you absolutely recognize his face. Yeah. Did yeah. you, did you, have you seen, or you remember the Outlaw Josie Wales? Yeah. Oh Yeah. Really like the Clint Eastwood movies. So do I. The seventies. They will be coming up in my review of the Harder They Fall. And I think uh, Outlaw Josie Wales is one of his better ones. Right. And does the Outlaw Josie Wales? That's not a spaghetti western, is it? No, not at all. Yeah, nineteen seventy six. Right, right. But I'm saying it's it's an interesting Clint Eastwood. It is. It's western more, because when you think of him, you just think of the Man with No Name films, really. Well, you do, but then he did more than a few westerns in the seventies, in the eighties, leading all the way up to Unforgiven, that where he starts to change, change like um, deconstruct that a, a little. Besides bit. Besides the outlaw Josie Wales, what else did he do uh, between the spaghetti westerns? Because I really he did Pale Rider, right? Pale Rider, yeah, Pale Rider is yeah. good, um, and then it's. Pale Rider, and then there's another one where he comes back to the town, and oh, I can't. I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank on the name of it mm-hmm. right now. But he, he's done. He's done more than a few. Yeah. And then he he caps it off with right, right. Of Unforgiven. course, Unforgiven, which is just perfect. It is. It, it is good. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very good. Okay. But all right. Who else we got? All right. Number the next one. Mm-hmm. Known for cowboy slash westerns. Known for cowboy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, in six movies or less, mm-hmm. connect Dervell Martin mm-hmm. to Woody Strode. Oh, Woody Strode is so funny because it just came up because Dervell Martin is in How Do I Want to Do This? He had a little fun with this because Dervell Martin is in, um, Trying to get to him. The final come down with Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams is in, I mean, hell, let's say it, Bingo Long in his traveling all stars and Motor Kings with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is in Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Boomerang with Chris Rock. Chris Rock is in New Jack City with Mario Van Peebles, who's in Posse with Woody Strode. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well done, Vincent. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess the other Woody, I, I tried to do Woody Strode with the Cowboy movie, but unfortunately, the only real Woody Strode I can think of is the what is it? The court martial of um, uh, Sergeant um, Sergeant. Uh, I know exactly what right. movie you're talking about, and I can't. And that's like, you know, I guess you could bend that into a western. Yeah, kind of. And, and then the other thing that I really remember him from, frankly, is Spartacus. Sergeant Rutledge. Sergeant Sorry. Rutledge, right, right. Spart- Spartacus. Is he? Oh, yeah, he is in Spartacus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's also in, and this is what I kind of remember him from a little bit. He's in the Ten Commandments. He plays the king of Ethiopia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, he he shows up in a lot of Westerns. Yeah. A lot of Westerns. Well, I know he does. Months. I just couldn't. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All I right. thought that one might stump you a little bit, but I figured he'd done more. Right. A right, lot of stuff. Right. Well, well you know, the thing, I, I knew I could pull him. Like, I, I put a pin in him with posse. That's true. So I knew I could get kind of like I have my Russ Tamblin is in, once again, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. So it's like these sort of weird people who are kind of standing there that if you pull somebody out, I'm like, oh, well, I can get to them like this. You see how Django works in many Django, different ways? It does work in many different ways. It, does. it It doesn't work in a lot of other ways. That's, that's the thing, though. That's the way it works. But yeah. there you go. Well, very good. Vincent. See how smoothly that went? Yeah, very much. It's almost like we do it all the time. We do. It is now time for our review of The Harder They Fall. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Last day amongst the living. What exactly he do to you? Call it a professional robbery. I know who you are. That love. The outlaw hunts down those who trespass against him. With no mercy. Where is it? Where is who? Your boss. My boss. Clearly, you don't know me. I heard Rufus Buck was back. So ain't no road to ask a friend to travel. You think Destiny's coming to you? My guns go back. A new day is dawning. Slow. This is on the head of an angel. Sins of the father, dumping the truck about to clean you. Faithful to the end. Bullets with your names, Drew. Cock back, aim, shoot, bang. I don't particularly enjoy violence. That being said, you are currently in company of extremely violent individuals. Jump, mother. My guns go bang. I can go She ain't gonna end well for you. Really? 
the Scenario radio show, which can be heard worldwide, we bring you Van Everett and Dana Dane here on the Michelle Mission. Hello. How are you hey, doing? Hey. What's up, y'all? Welcome. Welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to be. Here. I've been back here uh, having a great time listening to the two of you. Uh, the whole the whole uh, Django thing and, and especially the different strokes review for <laughs> Jeff's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it. And thank yes. you both for taking the time to join us on a mission to review the harder they fall from your your hard work on the scenario radio show. Yeah. Sure. And tell us a bit about the show. Um, it's, it's a show where we cover a little bit of everything. It's, it's, I guess the, the biggest difference between our show and a lot of shows that cover a little bit of everything is that we always, one, try to center black people's experience, no matter what it is. Sometimes we have fun. Sometimes it's serious topics. We, uh, we run the gamut. And the second thing is, is that our show is oriented around a playlist. This, this is why we always call it Real Talk with a Playlist. Every episode has a playlist that goes along with it that has corresponding music. And for me, the, the big idea behind that was was that we as black people we live with music in a way that i think especially in america that's really special for us that if you have someone tell you about a song that they have chosen you get to hear some of their story mm -hmm. they're going to tell you things about them that otherwise that may never come up in the conversation so i always thought it was a great way for us to connect with people was to have that playlist and now the two of two of you are here with us on the mission, Van Everett and Dana Dana. Dana, you yeah. are the on-air producer for the Scenario Radio Show, right? I am, and that that uh, answers the question on why I'm not as popular as Van. People don't, people, uh, <laughs> they want to check it for me now. Now they want to see Van. That's okay. All right, but let, let, let me talk. But yeah, people I'm on love the, Dana. People love Dana. They love me, but they love this Van now. They love Van. I mean, hey, we, we all we all kneel before Van because Van just comes in like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Van. <laughs> it always feels like it should be the quiet storm. I know. Yeah, I have to try to I have to try to make sure I watch that because I don't want to sound too laid back because my show isn't a quiet storm show is one of those. And usually at some point on the show, if given an opportunity, I'll rant. So it, I, you kind of lose some of that. Trust me, the sex appeal dwindles very quickly by the time you get me started talking about Trump or something. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm but I'm sorry, man, like. Even right now, you're talking about your rent, and all I hear is like, we're here to review the harder they fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I mean. But I'm, I'm curious, before we get into the review, I'm curious about the origin story of, of how you two came together, how, how Dana came to become the producer on the Scenario Radio Show. Then do you want look to? Yeah, look, you're looking at me. Uh, well, Van and I, we actually go to church together. Mm, so I've been on oh, nice. Van since I was like a kid. Um, when I was about 16, 17-ish, I said I would start doing music. And he was like, I do music. I said, really? And he used to take me to the studio all the time. I used to go to the studio, work with different artists with him. Then he decided to make the radio show. And by then I had graduated college and he was like, you want to help me out? And I was like, of course, that's my guy. So that's kind of really that's it. Just we just been knowing each other for a while, and 
He's always been a big supporter of me. So, hey, I got to support the Scenario Radio Show. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, she, she, uh, I was, after mentoring her for a few years on, on audio production, she was the one person I knew that knew everything that, I need, that needed to be known mm-hmm. about doing what we needed for the show. It was like, yeah, it'd be great to have her on. So, and it worked out great. And she also does a segment called, the segment formerly known as This Week in Black Twitter, y'all, which is real uh, popular as well. So it works out great. Yeah, yeah. A little, little pop little pop culture segment uh, a little every now and then, you know, I dibble and dabble. Are you going to rename it for this week in Black X? You know, no. Uh, no. <laughs> he answered that very quickly. Yeah. No, no, no I, I wouldn't want to one because th- that sounds weird. I just something about it doesn't sit right. Right. But you secondly, Google we already Black X. <laughs> Max, you know, we can, we can yeah. spin it, spin it. Yeah, we already, I mean, that's why we call it the segment formally, formally known, known as Black Twitter. It was already, we were already, it started as uh, the uh, This Week in Black Twitter, but at some point, because Dana was a little bit, you know, shaky on consistency yeah. with it first. I was like, <laughs> general, Facebook, Instagram, just anything Black that's popular, you know, I'll yeah. put my little pizzazz on it. Okay. Yeah. So, nice. so it works out with the name. It'll always work well with the name that it has. Hopefully. You're right. Very good. Well, thank you both for joining us. Absolutely. And we're going to get into our review of The Harder They Fall, ladies and gentlemen, a 2021 American Western directed by uh, James Samuel, his featured directorial debut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, He he also co-wrote the the movie with um, Bose Yankin. The film stars Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, RJ Seiler, Danielle Detweiler, Eddie Gathigi, and Dion Cole. It is one of the few Westerns whose principal cast members are all black. The characters are based on real cowboys, lawmen, and outlaws of the 19th century American, American West. Uh, and it premiered in 2021, in November of 2021, on Netflix to rave reviews for the film, the direction, the cast, as well as the soundtrack. Talk about Mm -hmm. a playlist. Yeah, how about that? Mm -hmm. And it was brought to us today on the mission by our very special guests, Van Everett and Dana Dane of the Scenario Radio Show. And I checked, it was Dana who selected this for tonight's stop hmm. on the mission. So Dana, what say you of the harder they fall? Hmm. Now, let me preface this by saying, I ain't never watched the Western in my life. Okay. I never really? watched the Western in my life. No, I am 31. No, I ain't seen no Western. <laughs> but then when I saw it just album that cowboy had. I said, huh? What's that? <laughs> okay. And I say, I seen seen my girl Regina. I said, hmm, what's this? <laughs> then I heard that dun, 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 dun. I said, what is this? Let me watch this trailer. <laughs> sold, sold. You got me. You got a stellar cast, all my black people in it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm into Westerns and I want more. It didn't really take much, to be honest. <laughs> really so so this for this being your first western so first of all dial back did you stay away from westerns because you didn't feel it was for you or there just weren't anything out there like why were you not in watching westerns? my time 
we was watching Friday. We were watching like it just wasn't a genre that I grew up watching. My granny, she really didn't watch Westerns like that. And I grew mm. up in a household with her. Um, but I feel like if, if she would have watched it when I was younger, I probably would have had like a little sense of, hmm, what's, you know, okay. Western movies. But sure. uh, it just really wasn't part of the culture of, of me growing up. But I don't know, just all them pew pew. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't really <laughs> think about it. But now you've watched, now you, you, this is your first Western. So for yeah. this being your first Western, what do you think? What do you think of the movie? If it's done like that, I'm going to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I've seen Django. I mean, I don't know if that's, is that considered a Western? It 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I like those type of Westerns, like with modern twists on it, kind of. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. But yeah, if it's, if, it's, if it's like that genre, then yeah, I'll keep watching it. Okay. All right. And and Van, what what are your opening thoughts? I I, uh I I appreciate the movie. I appreciate it. I think it's cool. That's coded. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, yeah, because the thing is, what I realized is I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that was cool. That was great and everything. I think my expectations had already been molded in a certain way because of the promo for it. Mm -hmm. All black cast, all of these names, this directorial debut. They even made sure to make sure to let everybody know in a lot of the pub that they they didn't use the N-word once, which is a shame that there had to be a feature. Uh, mm-hmm. of a black movie, but yeah, um, and, and all the you know, just all the things that you were hearing leading up to it that made you, made me anticipate it, and it didn't it didn't fall short in what I anticipated. You know, watching it that first time, what? But watching it again, like in prep for this show, and just watching it as a movie again, it was cool. It's not something I necessarily will have to ever watch again. And it didn't definitely I, I'm familiar with Westerns. I didn't watch a lot growing up either. I know I know of Westerns. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very American art form, mm-hmm. the Western. So it's like you you we grew up in a we've grown up in a society at this point. Even, you know, people who don't watch Westerns know the tropes, if yeah. nothing else, they get the, the general idea. So it meets all the, it, you know, it ticks off all the boxes. It's got the the six gun the six shooter badassery that you want in a mm-hmm. western all of that it, you know, it makes all of them look like icons it's guys high on right. iconography and i think all of it looks cool um so again i appreciate it yeah i guess that's the best way to put it i really i do appreciate it it's not something that really just excited me once i watched it again or what or i've been hearing this supposed to be a possible sequel i'm not really concerned I heard that too. seeing the mm-hmm. sequel yeah. i guess that's the best way to put it I mean, a sequel or like if it's with different characters. I don't know if I'm interested in a sequel following the story of the characters you already saw. Maybe like a new band of characters. Mm-hmm. It could even be the same actors. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. You haven't seen a lot of Westerns. No. <laughs> not at all. No, I, I, I led with that. I have not uh, seen a lot of Westerns. Go ahead, Vince. I, I think it's it's ironic that Van mentioned that Westerns are really this American art form because going back to Clint Eastwood what I have thought since the first time that I saw this movie is that it actually reminds me of the spaghetti westerns uh-huh. that Clint Eastwood starred in in the 60s that were made um in Italy yes. and um Spain yes Italy and Spain mm-hmm. and, and you know that's why they call them spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. and I think revisiting those films, as I have just, you, you know, every now and then as years have gone by, I got a similar feeling from what I'm gleaning 
that you two have said that I think so much of this film, much like the man with no name films, is style. Like mm-hmm. so much is style. Mm-hmm. And and you you know, to Dana's point, it, it's like half the film sells itself because you've got this extraordinarily good looking photogenic cast right wearing this period clothing Mm -hmm. and it's like from person to person to person every character is introduced and they have their little moment that it's almost Mm -hmm. like a still shot and they're wearing the clothes and and, you know Jonathan Major's character and Lakeith Stansfield character very much are informed by that man with no name aesthetic with you, you know the ponchos and everything and you know, I have to say, as as far as grading it as a successful film, I think that lets it stand on its own, frankly. Like, I think if, if you've never seen this film, I would say watch this film just for these wonderful images of these characters or of these actors wearing these outfits. And and then, you know, as a as something that you return to again and again, as something that sort of stands the test of time, I think your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to the actual performances, you know, frankly, I, I, I feel like Regina King is 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 almost in another film. She is. like her performance is so nuanced and so full that it's like, I don't know if someone let her know that this is almost like... It's an ensemble. It's an ensemble, and it's almost, you know, it's almost like cotton candy or or, or just something, you know, like a, 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 a knee-high soda. Hmm. Like something just gives you this pop. Knee-high knee soda? Knee-high soda. I'm thinking of I'm like a real sweet soda. Okay. And peach right. knee-highs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you Absolutely. know, but, but something that... but. But Regina King is giving this performance mm-hmm. that you understand that this is a character. Yeah. Yep. Idris Elba, I think, just has this wonderful presence. I actually love I love how Idris Elba is gracefully aging into, you, you know, like like this 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 almost older man. And you have this here, you know, Jonathan Majors, I think, has had performances better than this. But he does great. Delroy Lindo was fantastic. Um, and I did much, much like them. I like this film a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is a film that you return to as a film. Like this is maybe my third time watching it. This is the first time I watched it where I felt like, OK, let me actually pay attention. OK, because this mm-hmm. is not a piece of art that I thought required you to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. You just kind of go with the vibe and everything. See, it's interesting you, you compared this to the spaghetti westerns of Clint Eastwood, because while I definitely see the influence on here, I actually, to my eye watching this, was thinking of the films of Quentin Tarantino, specifically Django, mm-hmm. like Dana mentioned, and The Hateful Eight, another western that mm-hmm. he did, um, where Quentin Tarantino is so in love with the influences 
that have, you know, bred his love of film, mm-hmm. uh, of which the spaghetti westerns are are part of, that he can't help but to sometimes like recreate the same tricks and bits sure. in the films and right. in his movies. Whereas like true artists who have been shaped and molded by the by hip hop, James Samuels, I feel, is taking those those same influences, but he's he's remixing them mm-hmm. to present something wholly original and new. So while it may have the sheen of what you've seen before, it still comes off as something new because for all the the great Westerns, and there are a lot of great Westerns, Clint Eastwood and the Quentin Tarantino movies are, are sure, good. Sure. And the Sergei Leone Italian Westerns and John Ford's and all of those. John Ford. Mm-hmm. They all have their distinctive styles, right? This film Maybe byproduct of it also being 2022 and slightly digital. Um, But this film is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is a movie that has some of the fiercest needle drops you will ever see in a film. And it makes sense because James Samuels is also a a music producer. So, you know, he, he... Blends and I actually read where a lot of the the music cues are in the script. So he was he was writing the script and hearing the music uh, at the same time, and it shows and how how everything moves and how um, you know every every western like me of the four of us, me and you are the veterans of westerns, and westerns are known for like most action movies to have like a big set, a couple of big set pieces. Sure, started off maybe mm-hmm. a mid one in the middle, and then the grand finale at the end. But when you think about this movie, this movie really only has one big set piece. Mm-hmm. That's it, and it's the finale. But the finale, there's so many moving parts of it because you've got Zazie, you got uh, Zazie beats and and regina king getting it on you've got the whole conflict that ultimately is the showdown between um nat love and rocket uh, and rufus buck mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, jonathan majors and idris you've got everybody on the street like got like he stanfield's character cherokee bill against um against uh uh, R.J. Siler's character, the, the, the quick draw artist. Mm-hmm. You've got you got all these moving parts, and you've got the music that just you never lose the geography of where everyone is. You've got Delroy Lindo basically just standing in the middle of town and just gunning off people one at one at a time. Like, oh my god, how can this statue just shoot everybody in three hundred sixty degrees? Because he's Delroy Lindo and he's Bass Reeves. He's Bass Reeves, <laughs> yeah. and that's what Bass Reeves does. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But you 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 buy it. You you buy everything it it, uh, it all there and what most westerns have they have the um, freedom or quote unquote privilege of just being a basic morality story mm-hmm. good versus evil and you've got your white hats and you got your black hats famously in this movie there are no white hats everybody's got black hats and. While 
there are definitely good guys, the Nat Love gang and the Rufus, Bu- Rufus um, Buck gang and the Rufus Buck gang are definitely shown to be like they some down, downright um, dirty dogs. There is still talk of something deeper in this story. There's still talk of trying to preserve what we uh, come to realize is this bastion of black, you know, um, of, of, of blackness in the middle of the West. That Redwood is, is a town that, the, that is wholly black and is prosperous, right? And you've got people vying for the control of this. And this is, and there's a, a little bit of a meta commentary of like, Oh man, why can't we just get along? And if we could all just get along, we could all just prosper here together. Cause we are already prospering here. But just the fact that this movie even gives you, uh, takes the time to present that to you. Right. Um, I, I found very, uh, revolutionary in the as far as westerns go, and I appreciated it all the more watching it this second time around. Whereas it it was almost almost to a degree like Black Panther, where you know you kind of understand a little bit about what um, I'm just drawing a blank on on the. The, the bad guy's name. Um, Rufus Black. Killmonger. Killmonger. Oh, Killmonger. Killmonger. You almost kind of understand a little bit of his argument, and then you see that, oh, dude is psychotic, right? But you could, you could kind of like, he's saying stuff that kind of like makes sense a little bit to you. And Rufus Buck is saying some type of stuff. He's saying stuff hmm. like, you're like, yeah, they're like this is our town, and they're, they're about to sell it off. And it's going to go to the highest bidder. And without putting it out, you know, they're just talking about the colonizers coming in and it's just cutting up, cutting everybody out. Um, but we can preserve that. Now, then he gives his caveat, you know, like, yo, if you give me 50 grand, I can straighten right, this out. Right. But I, but I just like I, I like the moment. I like them just having the, taking the moment to 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 speak to that, to have that being spoken of in this in this film. Um, that is something that you don't see in Western. But it's just a moment though. Okay, but yeah. like, like it comes at the end, the, this well, plot point that's in the middle. with the town. No, the part, well, you're right. It's technically in the middle because then you have this whole kind of screwball subplot with stagecoach Mary giving herself up. But mm. you, you know that, and then, you know, frankly, I feel like the twist about the relationship between Rufus Buck and Nat Love I wish that would have been earlier because yeah, that would have complicated the character a lot more. And, yeah. and I still maintain that, you know, so much of this nuance that you're talking about is on the back end. I feel OK. Yeah. OK. I think I think a lot of uh, those things, the, the things about the town, the things about the that relationship that happened at the end, even the the nature of the relationship between uh, stagecoach Mary and Nat Love, all of that. None of it. I'm not saying none of any of it was done poorly, but it all definitely felt a lot more simply in service to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. Rather than rather than to flesh things out, it didn't like when you when I com- when you compare it, for instance, to Black Panther, like that that idea was just given a little bit of lip service enough for there to be a reason 
for someone to have to come and have the conflict. And, and it felt more that it was in service to the plot than it did for it to just be a real part of the story, which because, again, uh, again, and this isn't I'm not faulting this because, again, as a Western, it, it did tick all the boxes that you want out of a good action packed mm-hmm. West, Western. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just need to find a reason to get the the to get to the showdown and they got to the showdown and and again all the showdowns spectacular the the way you know just how those actors played those parts uh was spectacular but yeah i don't story wise i don't think there are any particular pieces of the story that with a little bit of scrutiny really hold up as much mm-hmm. yeah but they're not intended to really hold up i don't think at right. least not to me they didn't seem to be right well well it seems like you almost have to decide what kind of film you want to make. Like I would almost rather there was, there wasn't that bit about the town or frankly about the relationship between those two characters at the end. Like I would rather they had just kept that out and then you get, you know, what in essence is this really cool popcorn movie. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I agree. I I agree. it needlessly does complicate things. And it by the time you do learn about the, the their relationship between Nat Love and Rufus, you you're kind of like, all right, can we just get to the end? Right. I, right. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And you you know, I have to say, not to 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 bring down the room, but just in full disclosure, I have always been disappointed in Zazzy Beats in this film, frankly. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Now I'm glad someone said it. Go yeah. ahead. You know, in a van? Yeah, come on, van. You, you know, I, I think just, just from the very beginning, you know, talking about the way this film was advertised and the way it was sold to us and both before the film came out and the first thing that you see on the screen in the film is it says, this is a work of fiction. But these characters actually existed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And each, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the the famous Bass Reeves. But like all of these characters were cowboys, were like you said, actual historical counterpoint, cat counterparts. Stagecoach Mary actually existed. Mm-hmm. But in real life, she was a darker, heavier woman. And yeah. casting Zazie Beats, just the optics of it was really gross. Like just from the beginning, it was gross that she uh-huh. was cast in this, you know, there are only two women, I mean, three women in the, in the film. She's the love interest. And you really just got the sense that whatever powers were be decided that this is the physical image of a love interest that mm-hmm. we want. Second, rather than, rather than a stagecoach Mary, rather type. than a stagecoach yeah. Mary. Second, you know, I like Zazie Beats. Like, I like her, but I've never really seen anything that she, any of her performances where I said, oh, wow, she is doing work. There's one episode of Atlanta that I really liked her in that said, okay, Zazie Beats is doing work. So even on that level, I just, it, 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 I just, it, it, like every moment she was in there, I felt just kind of slowed the film down, Frank. Like, it's like you had this this love story between her and Nat Love that seemed like it just was an obligatory love story. I don't know who Zazie Beats' agent is, 
but he should have put the kibosh on anything where they said she and Regina King are going to have a scene with each other. And it's just the two of them. Cause I felt bad for the sister. I was like, damn, like who told, why, why is Zazzy in here with Regina King by herself? Cause Regina King is so Regina King. Yeah. But, but so that most people, in fairness, would be eclipsed. Like there's a moment where Regina King has this amazing monologue yeah. about her sister, where you forget Zazie Beats is in the scene. Well, yeah, that's that's Regina's big scene. Yeah. Yeah, but as the parallel to Regina King, like Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors, like, like you understand that energy, like Jonathan Majors and Delroy Lindo. Okay. These are like, these are actors that you kind of see them together. And she just was not up to task. And then, you know, just this whole subplot of she's going to go and get information. That was stupid. And it's so stupid stupid. that the people in the film say it's stupid. That that was stupid. Like, and it's, it's like, it's again, but as they say in the film, it's almost like, well, we need to have a damsel in distress moment. We need to have a moment where he comes in as the hero. And, you know, it doesn't derail the film for me. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. But if we are having a whole conversation about it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I have to say whenever I get to Zazzy Beats in in this film, I'm like, oh, OK, come on, let's go ahead. All right. Where's Cherokee Bill? Let's bring Cherokee Bill back. I got a funny feeling Vance yeah. got a Zazzy Beats uh, screed of his own. Go ahead. Yeah, he uh, he hit a lot of the notes that I was thinking about. Yeah, I was like, I, as soon as I saw her, because because of the fact that she's someone who doesn't necessarily she hasn't necessarily exhibited a lot of range as an actress. And, and so she has a very distinct, uh, for lack of a better term, bohemian Lisa Bonet uh, quality, modern day Lisa Bonet quality. And it, that's what comes across even in this film. So it's like, uh, that's not really what we need in the stagecoach Mary. And there's just, again, all of these other women who would have more fit the description. They, I mean, it's uh, obviously not a historical movie, but sure. to, to Again, you you knew you were going to make her this love interest. It would have been a great opportunity to make someone like uh, Seikon Simblo, Sing, Singblo uh, from mm. one, the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. You know, put her in that role. She will Danielle Brooks from um, Orange Is the New Black. Somebody like that. Like uh, that would have been me Masaku from Lovecraft Country. From Lovecraft, who I was she yelling at the screen the whole time. I want to yeah. see Jill Scott. Th- that, that's just me, though. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, to, to be to be fair, I don't I don't know what role she would have played, but Cynthia uh, Cynthia Rivo was connected to this to this movie. But then when things got kind of like bogged down because of uh, the pandemic, her schedule she had to sign off on it. Mm. Now I don't know if she was right. You don't she, know what role she what was role playing. she was, but yeah. she she is someone that I saw was connected to the film. Yeah, and I I could see her if maybe. If maybe not in stature, I certainly can see her in in performance wise. Right, right. And and also in a room across from the, Regina King, fitting fitting that fitting that role. Yeah. Because the one thing I I I don't feel I don't necessarily share your same vibe on Zazie Beats as an actress. Um, but I will say to Van's point, I never believed. 
she fit the era mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. of of this. She just it, yeah. it just didn't it just it she didn't it, she just didn't fit. It didn't work. So that is that is what took me out of it. Like her scenes against Regina King, look, quite as kept, you know, um smartly when you notice Regina King with Idris Elba, Idris Elba only has like about two lines versus her. They they realize like nobody really is doing anything against Regina King. Because mm-hmm. when, when Regina King is on the screen, she is she is doing her thing. She is and, and she is she is owning it. So I'm not gonna you know, knock her too much on there. Um, I think that to, as much as this movie tries to be different, it does still, it's playing, it's a Western. So there are beats that it has to have. It has a love story. There's always an obligatory love story in, in most Westerns, right? There's almost always a damsel in, the dis- in distress. Um, the damsel in the distress usually doesn't, um, you know, throw hands like like stagecoach Marion here. Sure. So it's not the sure. typical damsel in distress. Sure. So I'm so I'm gonna give dude a pass and you know trying to have his cake and eat it too. And mm. you know I'm giving you a western. So for fans of westerns, everything you like about all westerns, it's right here. But I'm gonna yeah. try and flip it a little bit on his head as much as I can. And that's what he did. I mean, you know, again, I don't think it. And we've got Dana in now. Now Dana's down with Westerns. Right, right, right. Again, I don't think it it disqualifies the film at all. But but I do think the plot points. You know me. I would rather you reach high than low. Like I think this is a perfectly, not even perfectly fine. This is a very good popcorn flick. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say, as someone who always wants a fuller meal if given the choice the plot development at the end between these two characters and their relation nat love and rufus black buck buck the whole dynamic of this black town and Dion cole's character having sold him out i thought there was an opportunity to make something more substantial yeah, yeah. So you know what? Yeah. I think if if we're talking about the harder they fall, the series, I'm there. Sure. But harder the fall, the movie popcorn western as it is. Sure. It touched on stuff. You get in. Yeah. You, you get out. Yeah. You make your you, you make your fun. <laughs> and you know, spoiler: Regina King's character does live at the end. So right. She can spin out. Yeah. Which I have to say, I, I felt like. There was a convert like, like, okay, we got to have this showdown between these two. Zazie Beats' character is a good guy. We want the good guy to win. But like someone in a room somewhere said, there's no reality in the multiverse where she beats Regina King in anything. Mm. Like yeah. not checkers, not spades, spades. <laughs> not arm wrestling. Certainly not a fight to the death. So we just gonna go ahead, call it. So so I said, okay. Well, I'm glad somebody watched the dailies. So you're all for a sequel, just so that Stagecoach Mary can be bumped off. No, I don't need Stagecoach Mary to be bumped off. I, look, and, and you well, know, that's who Treacherous Trudy's going to be after. Well, not necessarily. You know, Jonathan Majors has his own 
Oh, it's, it's, situations going on. So let's just say in the sequel, the two of them moved to Mexico, bought a little ranch, and now they're living in peace. And now Stagecoach Mary can do her thing. No, you mean Treacherous Trudy. Treacherous Trudy, right, can do her thing. That's all. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I can't remember if Dion Cole's character survived or not. No, 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 say, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I will say, didn't know he could act like that. I, I, when I first watched the movie when it came out, I was like, Dion Cole, who, who did he play? I didn't even realize it was him. Mm-hmm. When I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, Dion, like he was killing it. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. good. I think everybody is good, is solid to very good. He is. Yeah. He is. But what you what you're finding there, Dana, is that is and it's something that, you know, you find a lot of comedians wind up being very good actors. You know, and I'm not even just talking mm-hmm. about Eddie Murphy, Jamie Foxx, good actor. Mm-hmm. We've we've said Mike Epps, Mike Epps is a better actor I, I than like he is a comedian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have the timing. Mm-hmm. They have the timing. They have the, you know, they they have this spatial awareness. It kind of makes storytelling. Sense. Right. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. Vulnerability. So. A lot of times they, they have this vulnerability. Yeah. 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 And I watched this little round table interview on YouTube and he was saying his mom or something had passed away yeah. before the yeah. film came out. And so he was like, probably just channeling all of that. Like he was really like, this is my big break. My, he's his mama wanted to see it so bad, but Aww. yeah, like kudos to him. Yeah, I like Dion Cole. I, I've seen a couple of his specials, and uh, he actually did one special that uh, he did not long after his mother passed, and mm-hmm. dedicated uh-huh. to her. Yeah, really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, most, of, yeah. Everyone in the film, pretty much for the most part. Uh, again, I'm Zazie Beats. I'm kind of not really. I'm gonna count on the fence on her, but yeah, they, they, they were. If nothing else, they, they all were iconic. They, right. they they capture like what if whatever if there was anything missing with the plot their charisma carried it got it over in a, yeah. uh, in a lot of ways and, and and a good western has charismatic charismatic you know characters in it and they were all you know it was set up the way it was shot just the scenes everything uh, when they when they go and they do the train robbery and they're going to go mm. get um, Idris Elba's character and they're kind of going down the middle on the mm-hmm. train they had this overhead shot where um uh. Buffalo, it's not Buffalo Bill. Where Cherokee Bill. Cherokee Bill. And he's kind of letting everybody know you're going to need to stay still and everything. We're going to just come and do what we got to do. And they have him in the front. And then the shot shows oh, everybody else kind of point their guns out. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff like that. All these iconic. Every every other shot in the movie could have been a poster for something. Yes. So it's yes. like they were. it's high on iconography. So it really, it, like you say, it's a great popcorn movie. It is something. I'm, I wouldn't, even the, crit, the criticisms I have of it are as a movie, but not as a Western. Yeah, it's like it, yeah. it, it is what it's supposed to be. But yeah, I would have liked I would have liked for them to have taken any of those storylines and just dug a little bit further into it rather than, you know, kind of just parse a lot of them out to move the plot along. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought up Cherokee Bill, because this is yet another nice showcase for Lakeith mm-hmm. Stanfield. Mm-hmm. He's he's so hypnotic. Like, like you realize, like, I love how Regina King, you know, Terrible Trudy is in charge, but he's the mouthpiece mm-hmm. because you can tell he has this manner about him that he kind of makes you literally drop your guard 
And he captured that so well in that train scene. And even, you know, this whole bit about him being the fastest gun and, you know, you get how he keeps surviving these gunfights. Yeah, because he cheats. Mm -hmm. Well, but part of the reason he's able to cheat (laughs) is because you kind of, you know. Let your guard down. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's only cheating if somebody's alive to say that you cheated. There you. Well, he said there is no no fast and slow. It's it's only the alive and the dead. Like he actually That's says it. it at one point. Yeah. So he does. He does. Yeah. He's the only one left to keep score. So who's to say? <laughs> exactly. I know. You know. You talk about treacherous Trudy and and her maybe getting a sequel. For my money, I could follow the adventures of Bass Rees and Cuffy. Oh my goodness! For the yeah. rest of because yes. I loved Regina King in this movie and Delroy Lindo. He's a treasure, but Denwell, uh, Danielle Detweiler as yeah. Cuffy. Yo, I girl. hypnotic just pulled me in. It, it, everything she did in this movie, I was there for. Yeah. Yeah. And you really want to follow Bass Reeves and, and yeah. his new, his new deputy. Yeah. Yeah. I felt this. Yeah, I felt that way about Del, Del Orlando, Bass Reeves' character. That the same, like everything that he did for me was compelling, and he was able to do with so little, kind of emote so much or show something. He, you know, that I guess that's something just a good veteran actor can do. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. showing something under the surface. This world weariness. This, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing that he's kind of playing off without having to do a whole lot. And it's just like he commanded, he kind of commanded every scene that he's in and everything. You you felt the sense of authority that came with him being who he was in that movie, Bass Reason, being the sheriff or the, the lawman. It, it, you know, it came out of the screen. You just like, oh yeah, this is the guy he's in charge. You never at one moment think he's not in charge. Yeah, that's well. That's like you. You just said it. That's Delroy Lindo, man. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's years of training, man, and just know that you know just just be the camera will find me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this leads us to our 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 question that I will pose to the two of you, and I'll start with you, Dana. Now that you've come to westerns by way of Django Unchained. <laughs> and the harder they fall. Real quick, are you a fan of Django? Um, ooh, okay. I watched it once when it first came out, obviously. And then I watched it recently, like last month. And I guess I've never really paid attention to it. It's it's true. It's good. It's a good movie. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, Vincent, what do you call Django? You call it Django Unchained Colon. The greatest love story. Of greatest, a- greatest black love story ever on film. <laughs> that's what Will Smith said he wanted to make it if he was going to get the role of Django. And that's why he ended up making, what's the movie that just came out that he made? Um, uh, uh, oh, no. It's in black and white. Like he, First of all, y'all don't know. That's hilarious. Because no. <laughs> this man was, was... Nobody saw it. It was the movie He that- was traveling trying to promote this movie. I can't even uh, recall it. What, Emancipation? Emancipation. Oh, Emancipation. Emancipation. Yeah. Emancipation. yeah. Uh-huh. That is the, the love story he wanted to make Django. So he said. Because he was supposed to be instead of Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I think he did Wild Wild West and that was enough for him in West. <laughs> it was enough. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, Dana, would you recommend that people see The Harder They Fall? Absolutely. Watch it with your friends. 
good little good little good little evening night out night night in the house type of movie like you said a popcorn popcorn flick it's good great soundtrack great mm-hmm. cast yeah i would definitely re- recommend it incredible soundtrack mm-hmm. absolutely man absolutely incredible what about you van i would recommend it i um i'm not good at just simply recommending things and leaving it at that but yes i would recommend it and i would explain why i'm recommended recommending it so that you know well why are you recommending it you can explain well i, well, I mean yeah because it's a, I, would, I would i would explain it. it's a good western but if you're expecting something else this is not what you look this is not what you need but it is a good western if you want to enjoy the things that make westerns enjoyable and see black people looking good doing it this is your movie yeah. anything else yeah I don't know. Mm. Mm. Kind of on the fence there. Well, well, I don't think he's on the fence, but I do think much like what Van is saying, you have to recommend it for what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a great popcorn film. I actually think it's a great Western. The irony is I don't think it's a great black Western because I mm-hmm. think the great black Westerns really integrate the themes that this one just kind of touches, touches on, on. you know, these mm-hmm. themes of the black homesteaders, mm-hmm. the, the themes of black people dealing with this post-slavery moment. So, you know, I'm thinking about the, um, you, you know, a film that you and I both love. And, and here you go. Um, here you go, Dana. If you like this, Buck and the Preacher oh. is a great black Western. Um I'm going to write that one down. Yeah, you know, I don't think it is as good (laughs) as Buck and the Preacher, but I think it deals with these issues more fully. Both of the Fred Williamson uh, Nigger Charlie movies, you know, The Legend of Nigger Charlie and The Soul of Nigger Charlie. Um, Hadn't heard of this one before. You know, and I don't like like you said it. Yeah, the two Nigger Charlie. Start with Buck and the Preacher. Yeah, definitely start with Buck (laughs) and the Preacher. And, you know, again, it's a film that I don't think is necessarily a good Western or necessarily that great of a film. You're talking about the nigga Charlie. No, no, no. I think those are good black Westerns, but as a black Western, like again, I think Bushrod and Thomasina deals with these issues. Like there was actually a pocket in the seventies where you had black Westerns. Yeah. A few. Yeah. That kind of dealt with this. Mm-hmm. So, but but I would absolutely recommend this. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I would recommend this. I do think that this is a a, uh, a great western. I do think that it is a great black western. Um, that's fair if you don't necessarily agree. Um, it's not as good as Buck and the Preacher. Um, to me. I have to see the the Fred Williamson movies again, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to side with this one over the Fred Williamson movie. Oh no, no, I mean dealing with the themes. This is a better movie, okay? Who knows? But you know, but um, yeah, I would recommend it. I think I think this is um a fun, you know, popcorn pretzel bite movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it is, uh, just. Really, to be a directorial debut, it is another mm. one mm-hmm. that is just, yo, 
you know, you need to. I want to see more from you. Right. You want to see what James Samuel does next? Because this Absolute. was this That's was true. this was so assured. You would mm-hmm. not could not tell me this was this man's first movie because mm-hmm. it is so assured, so confident, so so thrilling, so original. Like um, that shot that Van was talking about. I remember that shot. I could see it. It was like, ooh, mm-hmm. that that pops. There's another scene where the two quick draw guys are talking to one another, but it's a, a it's almost like a drone shot looking down mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. their shadows are talking to one another. Yeah. It's so, I mean, like, uh, I mean, so, and there's a lot of stuff in, in oh, this movie like that. When the Fela song starts and mm. Fela Kuti oh. is talking, mm. but uh-huh. just that split second that he's talking and you know, stagecoach Mary and, and treacherous and Trudy. treacherous Trudy are about to go at it, and then it drops. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that was perfection. Yes, okay. the needle drops. I know y'all mentioned the needle drops before, but one of the things that I really appreciated about what they did with this was that they took instead of taking things that were very overly modern sounding in hip hop that that was that are synthetic, they took things that had a more rustic feel with the Afro beat, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about modern Afro beat, but yeah, old school Afro beat, reggae inspired hip hop stuff that still had a little dirt on it. So it 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 gave you that that energy that yes. you get with a good needle mm-hmm. drop, but at the same time, it didn't feel so out of place in this in those surroundings. Right. I thought, and I thought that was like a beautiful thing too. Yeah, because you know what you know what the music did because this movie is. 2022 and it was you know you can tell because some of the effects it's it's a digital film it's filmed digitally mm-hmm. right and it it's a beautiful movie but it's it, it in some ways as far as westerns goes it's a little bit too pretty like you know like it, it's almost like a little bit too slick and sometimes yeah but mm-hmm. the music gives it the grit Mm, that you usually point. would feel yeah, yeah. in in a, a actual sure. western sure. you know um and it it and and you just said it like because it's not you know it's not like you know just you know simple hip hop beats you know it's, it's missing, not slick it, it doesn't sound slick it doesn't sound slick it's mixing the afro beats it 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 it's it sounds it because it's world music it's it's all to building in this world and it just creates the it finishes the universe it completes mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um and and that's why it i think that this is actually a very very great f- film that people should return to the shame of it is is that it's not you can't see it on the big screen yeah that's yeah. the shame of it i would kill to see this movie on the yeah, big screen absolutely absolutely yeah. absolutely but there you have it ladies and gentlemen that is our review of the harder they fall in love <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Thank you, yes, Van Everett and Dana Dane from yes. the Scenario Radio Show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Van Always is, a joy. Yeah, Van Van is, Van has been here a couple of times, but this yeah. is Dana's first Dana's time. First time. Yeah, it's like how John Legend got up out from behind that piano, like uh, Andre Three Thousand has said in that one song. That's me now. I'm getting up from behind the, the scenes, and I'm. Getting okay, interviews like now, that. you know. I like that. 
<laughs> so hopefully we'll see yeah. more of you the next yes. time you come out. Yes. Let sure. people know if they want to catch the scenario radio show, how they can get, get down. All right. Right now, we are currently on our summer hiatus. We're actually going to extend that hiatus for a little longer than we usually do. We usually come back in September, but we're going to extend the hiatus a little bit longer. We're doing a lot of retooling and things, but you can still always check out all of our shows. You can find everything oriented around the Scenario Radio Show at www.thescenarioradioshow.com. Of course, if you want to check out any of our um, social media, we're on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. TikTok, TikTok. Uh, yeah, all of that stuff. So you can check us out there. But yeah, we, we've got a lot of great, we've got uh, seven seasons of stuff. So there's it's plenty you know, of great shows right now. And we're still featuring some of our replays uh, each week. This week, we're featuring uh, the 90s uh, girl group countdown. So oh, nice. R&B girl groups. Yeah, so it's a dope show. It's fun. Check out a uh, friend of friend of our show and yours, Toya Haynes, is actually on that episode. So uh. yeah, uh, check that out. Okay, there you All go. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you get out of here uh, tonight while we wrap up the show. Thanks again for taking right. the time Thank on you. the mission. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to like and follow the Me Show Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. You can go to MeShowMission.com and check out swag and check out all of the cool designs that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. You could also follow us on the social media of your choice, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, the social media formerly known as Twitter. At Me Show Mission. Check us out right there. Tell us what you're thinking. The Me Show Mission is also streams live every Tuesday night on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at Me Show Mission. You can find us there. Subscribe. Hit the buzzer so you're reminded when we have new videos posting. We just posted a couple of new shorts up there. We're going to be posting shorts from this episode. Our live Live streams go up every Tuesday night. I'm going to show our edited versions. We might even edit out Django from this episode and put it as a very special feature on there. I know you can't wait. Oh, yes. With bated breath. And don't forget, Miss Makiba, you got to email us your address so that you can get your cavalcade of DVDs mailed out to you. And Camilla. And Camilla, send us your information. We're waiting for you as well. Okay, you can also, if you want to get down with the Michelle mission, you can leave us a voicemail. You can (laughs) give us a call at 215-867-9666. Or if you want, you can send us an email (laughs) at michellemission at gmail.com. Either way, we will present your thoughts here live on the on the show. All right. The Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work, such as ours, which streams every Tuesday right here from Maniunk, from Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Go to videocontentfactory.com so that you can book your time in one of the other great studios that they have here. This is ours. All right. All right. Next week on the Michelle Mission, mm. it is Vincent's 
turn yes, at that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know, it's been a while. Vincent has been good. He dipped into 1957 last time. I did. But you knew it wouldn't be long. But it has been long. It's been a while. It's been a while. But he's back. I am back. Where he belongs. It's true. In the 70s. Yes, sir. And Vincent, do you want to let them know what you're bringing to them this week? It is a film that missionaries have asked us about literally since the very beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a film that we we have alluded to, but we'll talk about it much more, that we have, frankly, avoided. Yes. Just because of the nature of the subject. But for reasons we will discuss next week, I've been thinking about this film a lot. Mm-hmm. So we are doing the pimp film classic, Willie Dynamite. <laughs> oh! Willie Dynamite next week right here on the Michelle Mission baby until then that's Vincent I'm Lynn and in parting baby we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again the Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb, with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. Demi Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.